When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. We return to the Goblin Claw Inn. Now we are going to find out what precisely is beneath that hatch and why are the goblins so interested in it. We are going to be doing... Seven Goblins, Part 7. That is the final part. The Altar of Malice. The old man's face is pale and drawn. And he savages you something intangible as he draws up to you. Suddenly, his hand shoots out and it takes hold of your white wrist. He flips it over and stares down at the six flame markings emblazoned upon your skin. And I guess I'm also going to find out what those markings mean. Start the adventure. As dust gently gives way to the onset of night, the crowd that fills the common room of the Goblin Claw in nearly doubles. The chill of the waning season has, has, given, has driven many to seek the warmth that perpetually spills forth from the hearth of the inn's roaring fire. The warmth that perpetually spills from its barrels of bitter ale. Grismore stammers past the table, which she sees bearing an armload of empty flacons. He rolls his eyes and smirks as he passes. I should have been a farmer, he says somewhat briskly. Being all day, you can't find something to enjoy about being outside, under the sky, facing the breeze. No, my lot is here, filling heaps of fat habans and breaking up me, lad, eh? Some day, Zoop. Still, I don't hope for it. But farming, you're constantly getting rained on. As Grootsmore continues past, your eyes are drawn to a young man waking his way hurriedly towards the front door. As a dark, red-haired man is about to step out the inn, he turns and stares directly at you. His face frozen into what will only be described as a look of horror. Then, as quick as that, he looks away and slips outside. Immediately haunted by the desperation that seems to animate for his gaze, you swiftly make your way out of the inn, following the unknown subject out into the crispy, crisp, starry, new-fallen night. Inside the inn, you initially see no sign of the man. Believing that he is likely already departed, you're about to go back in when you're startled by a surprisingly deep, by a surprisingly deep voice to your right. You turn to find the man stepping out of the shadows, his wise eyes fixed squarely on you. The young man's face is pale and drawn, and he stabs something intelligent as he storms up to you. 
Suddenly, his hand shoots out and he takes hold of the white wrist, flips over and stands, stares down at the six flame markings emblazoned upon skin. You know nothing of what you seek, he cries angrily. It ends only as it has for me. Madness and ruin. Do not go down to the altar. Do not go before the altar. It's the altar of malice. Take nothing from it. Blow the hatch. Yes. But do not go. Leave and bear your marks. But seek no more. He starts speaking and begins looking wildly in all directions. Sensing that the man may bolt at any moment, you utterly ask him what he means by the altar of malice. Instead of answering you, begins to sweat more profusely and breaks into a long, chilling laugh. Madness and torment, he cries, his face and the adopts a cruelness. I'm not worthy to leave his shadow. I leave with only six. Your heart skips a beat as the man holds up his white wrist. There, emblazoned upon his skin, are six tattoos, each in the likeness of a tall, thin flame. You are identical to the marks you bear. I wonder what goblin-related adventures he went. He imparted. He went on to get his six tattoos. Before you can ask him anything else, the man turns and dashes off into the dark, disappearing into the forest to the west of Yen. For several moments, you can hear his eerie laughter echoing out out of the woods. Then, falls silent. Your thoughts immediately return to the two. To two things the man below you told you in his fit of madness. The altar of malice and below the hatch. You're not certain how any of what he said is connected. You're confident the hatch which he may mention is the very one you yourself have wondered about time and again. The strange brass hatch you discovered in the inn cellar. More determined than ever to open the hatch, you turn and make your way back into the goblin claw. Back inside the inn, you find Grootsmoor busy sorting out a pair of scuffles broken out, broken out near the fire. One of the vet men, men involved in the article is still clutching the end of a smouldering log he tore out of the fire. When Grootsmoor is demanding that he replace that, really? You beat someone up with that? I mean, you're getting, even, no matter what happens, you're getting hurt. Seizing the opportunity to slip into the cellar unnoticed, you, you steal into the back of the inn and dart into the room that contains the hatch leading to the lower level. I guess he was very, 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 very drunk. Which I think is the default state in this inn. You make your way quickly through the damp, rot-infested cellar passes until at last you arrive at the location where you last saw the brass hatch. Much of the debris that previous, previously surrounded the hatch has been cleared away, leading to believe it has had seen recent use. Unlike your previous encounter hatch, this time you are surprised to discover that your hand is not, it's not repelled when you attempt to touch it. It's heading sharply. You firmly grip grasp the hatch in the centre of the weighty, weighty piece of brass and pull. The hatch opens easily, revealing a set of spiring stone steps beneath it. Beneath it, descend deeply into darkness. After looking over your shoulder to make certain you're not alone, you step down into the cellar, taking a moment to close the, 
hats before you begin your course of descent. The stair eventually ends at a tall arch that opens into the southern end of the long corridor. The passage at the foot of the stairs that sends out of sight to the north can only be described as cavernous. The broad arch ceiling disappears into the deep gloom nearly 30 feet above your head. Beyond even a range of dim pale light that inexplicably fills the corridor. All along the western side of the passage are wide alcoves, which open into the main corridor via, t- via tall and eight stone ar- arches. As you stand at the base of the stairs that lead to the inner cellar, a stranger from here, low pulsing sound which says, but a second thought, you decide to explore the passage. You move cautiously through the massive hall, silently counting the alcoves and their high, ornate arches that appear at regular intervals on your left. As you count the same car alcove, your search for the low pulsating cell comes to, to an end. There, just beyond its carved arch, hovers a swirling black vortex, a shadow path. You make a close examination of the arch and the carvings it spares, hoping to find some clue that might indicate where the portal will lead you. Several of the engravings depict several, seven woed figures bowing, bowing before a large altar, handful of tall, thin flames have been carved just above the figures. The altar of malice mentioned to you by a stranger who fed outside the inn suddenly returns to your mind. Wonder if perhaps this man only a short while ago entered this portal, or had emerged from it. And that was what seems to have evoked such fear in him. Realising the answer to the question surrounding the six flame tattoos emblazoned under your white wrist, and the entire series of strange encounters and circumstances that led, led you here likely lie beyond, beyond the portal. Prepare yourself to step into the unknown. After carefully checking over the equipment, making reasonably certain you are alone in the hall, you take one last look around before stepping forward and falling into the swirling black vortex. For several moments, you tumble through the darkness in utter silence. Then, without warning, you suddenly note your surroundings have changed. You are now standing in the northern end of a broad and lengthy stone corridor, lit at regular intervals by torches gripped by elaborate iron sconces. A strange, almost pleasant smell fills the air. But the somewhat pleasant urge is just a little to ease your mind. There is something else, something barely discernible ever present. You will instantly recognise it to be the gnawing chill of dread. Alright, I'm on a map now. The strange feet cell permeates the broad stone passages of what appears to be some sort of temple. Fiercely glowing lamps dangling from pebs have been thrust into walls at irregular intervals. Illuminate the corridors with their flickering but oddly dim light. Now, why can't they do that in more dungeons? Make them smell nice. Now, I can attempt to west here, but I'm already fully healed. So, what's south? Something turns up. You're only a short distance along the corridor when you suddenly become aware of three figures lurking in the shadows ahead. You freeze in your tracks and draw yourself into defensive stance. As you strain your eyes and attempt to peer through the gloom and make out who or what is moving just beyond the range of your, of your light, suddenly three goblins step out of the darkness in the centre of the passage. The tallest of the three, a scowling figure clad in purple robes, barks something at the two black armoured kin in their 
in their glottal native tongue. The, the two black armour goblins turn and flee along the passage, but the rogue goblin steps forward and levels his clawed hands at you. Almost instantly, you find yourself struggling against a powerful sensation of wariness. Take your number, bonus of 80. 20 from body, 40 from spirit, 20 from mind. You've got to get 100 or more. Let's just see. Success, 110. 8 XP to general. Your forter healed and resolved who to be more than a match for the robed goblins in situs magic. You manage to stave off its effects, and a powerful sensation of wariness assails you gradually fades. The robed goblin snarls and throws both of his hands into the air, and almost immediately the passage begins to fill with smoke. A thick cloud of pungent grey smoke swiftly fills the passage. The cloud, wha- crowd wha- cloud rapidly envelops you. Got a bonus of 45. 15 from woodmanship, 20 from body, 10 from spirit. Got to get 75 or more. Success! The thick pooching smoke kills about your head, but you manage to keep it from entering your mouth and nose. At last, the wispy remnants of smoke clears to discover there is no sign of the three goblins. When you believe before that they departed without much of a confrontation, you can't hope or wonder what, what it is they are doing here. And when next you will likely cross paths with them. When at last you feel you're ready to resume your exploration, you once again set off along the passage. Okay. Okay, that's it. it's kind of like... This passage, there's a, there's a, there's an oval at the bottom, and there are three passages going to the north. I just went out the middle north passage. Now I'm going to go to the northeast passage. You suddenly spot, spot a tall, woed figure moving along the corridor in a direction. A bulky hook covers the figure's head. The strange being all seems to float along the passage. A sense of dread stirs within you as the being approaches, and you are overcome by the urge to either flee or attempt to hide yourself. Okay, I'm going to attempt to hide. You quick, you quickly attempt to hide from the encroaching hooded figure. I'm going to use thievery. Since we're calling upon your mastery of the arts of thievery, you slip into the shadows at the edge of the corridor and press yourself flat against the wall. The world figure passes by within only a few feet of you, but never once takes any notice of you. When at last your certain strange being is gone, you once again continue on your way. Alright, there's a question coming up. At the edge of the passage lies a smoking heap of bone and ash. You spot small bits of black plate armour poking out of the pile in various spots. You little doubt these are the remains of one of the armoured goblins you encountered only a short while ago. Someone or something has brutally and decisively ended the miserable creature's life. Alright, what's this? Going up the northeast passage. The sudden appearance of a lone figure standing near the passage ahead of you brings you to an abrupt halt. Standing in the, in the shadows, just out of the pool of light cast by the torch above the figure's head, you carefully survey the scene as you attempt to contemplate the next course of action. The figure is a lone goblin clad in leather and chain armour. An iron mask covers the goblin's face. Now and again, bright wings of crimson flame flare up and encircle the goblin's mailed wrist. You haven't yet been spotted, but you realise you must either confront this lone guardian or sneak back 
back the way where you came. Okay, I'm going to engage this goblin. Engage the Iron Mask Goblin Guardian. You boldly step forward, prepare to engage the Iron Mask Goblin. The Lone Guardian immediately spins to face you and thrusts out both of its flame-weaved hands. Wings of fire explode from the tips of the creature's fingers and rapidly swell to create a waging tornado of flame. The deadly tornado surges along the corridor towards you. Okay, I can use Elementalism, Shadow Magic, or Fortification. The only one that's, that's a high enough level is Elementalism. I'll use that. Success! HXP to Elementalism. You channel your, your power of Elementalism and focuses on the rapidly approaching whirlwind of fire. Beads, beads of sweat break, break out upon your butt. Your brow as you struggle to undo the elemental magic that has created the deadly tornado. After only a few moments, your efforts pay off. As the flaming whirlwind suddenly van vanishes, leaving behind only a thin trail of smoke in its waist. The timely and successful use of your magical disciplines likely saved your life. Now, more determined than ever, prepare to face your masked foe. The Iron Mask Goblin swiftly closes on you. Both of its fire weave this poised to strike. Realising that escape from this frightening creature is not possible, you boldly hold your ground and steel yourself for what will be a brutal fight to the finish. I fight an Iron Mask Goblin. The Goblin in the Iron Mask strikes at you with its flaming fist. But I cut with my... Glowy sword, I guess? Humming sword, yes, humming sword. Flaming fists, and it is slain with a with a pope with a pinch of battle rage. Six 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 combat XP, thirty two XP to general. As you land the killing blow, a walling fire consumes the body of your masked foe. Through a matter of moments, only a small pile of ash and smouldering and smouldering iron mash. mask remains to mark the goblin's passing. You spend several moments checking your equipment. Poking through the heap of ash before once, once again setting off on your way. Oh, it's the world figure again. I'm going to confront the world figure this time. You plant your feet and assume a combat ready stance as the world figure continues, along, continues to move along the corridor towards you. As a strange being draws to within only a few yards, it suddenly bursts into flame. In moments, the figure is entirely engulfed in a crim blazing crimson-orange inferno. As you fall back several feet, reconsidering your options in light of this unsettling depth, the figure draws back its flaming arm, then thrusts it forward, launching a long bolt of flame that hurtles along the passage towards you. Attempt to dodge the bolt of flame. You make a desperate ditched bid to dodge the hur hurling blast of fire, but a Pick a number, bonus of 40, 20 from agility, 10 from luck, and 10 from spirit. Success, 75 or more. Let's see what happens. Failure, oh dear. The, bla the blast of fire strikes you square in the chest and sends you toppling backwards into the unforgiving stone of the passage floor. Despite having been badly burned, burned you managed to survive the deadly attack. And I'll just heal from that. Wasting no time, you stagger to your feet and turn to face your enemy. You watch in horror as the being of flame bears down on you, stretching out with its fire engulfed hands. Taken aback 
where suddenly a face that slowly resembles your own begins to emerge from the being's blazing head, brought swiftly retreating into the inferno. You will quickly recover from the strange and unsettling incident and prepare to engage your burning foe. I fight an avatar of fire. Oh no, that, that, the burning avatar who bears your face reaches out with a flaming hand. Alright, keep fighting it. It's got a, there's a lot of it. It's tough. It's a tough, tough cookie. Alright, keep fighting, keep fighting. It is slain. 26 whams. 8 XP. Combat from combat. Healed a bit. 128 XP to general. With a final flare that comes dangerously close to engulfing you. The fiery being swells to twice its original size before fizzling to little more than a thin trail of grey smoke. In the wake, wake of the foe's passing, a snuffling silence just descends upon the corridor. Alright, what's here at the end of the northeast passage? In the back of the wide alcove, against the northern wall, stands a small stone altar. Resting atop the altar is the ghostly apparition of an item that you're currently carrying. You stare down in wonder at the glowing image of your cloudless serpent winged. Something inexplicable tells you you are meant to place the actual item on top of the altar. Okay, I will. It's my best wing by a huge margin. You step forward and place cloudless serpent wing on the small altar. For several hours, nothing happens, and you're about to retrieve the item when it's suddenly consumed by a raging fire. Heat of the blade is so intense that you're forced to retreat to the edge of the alcove to avoid being singed. After several seconds, when the blaze subsides, you are shocked and dismayed to discover that no trace of Kildra's serpent wing remains upon the altar. Oh no, oh no! That was my best wing! Okay, I'm going to try the northwest alcove now. Oh, what's this? In the middle of the passage lies a smoldering heap of bone and ash. These small, small bits of black plate armor poking out the spark pile in various spots, leaving a little doubt that these are the remains of one of the armored goblins who encountered only a short while ago. Somewhere something has brutally and decisively ended the miserable creature's life. Several broad streaks of blood have been smeared on the wall here. Okay, it's... Oh, it's one of those masks. It's another masked goblin. Engage the iron mask goblin guardian. Oh, I can use elementalism again against it. It failed. You cry out in agony. In agony, and are enveloped by a fiery whirlwind. The swirling in fire burns your flesh as it passes through you and continues along the corridor. Though severely burned, you can miraculously survive the deadly blaze. As soon as the tornado fires past, you turn to face your masked foe. Oh dear, I'm weaker now. Without that wing, I've only got 113 MR. The unmasked goblin swiftly closes on you, both of its fiery fists poised to strike, realising that escape from this frightening creature is not possible. 
you boldly hold your ground and steer yourself for what will be a brutal fight to the finish. Begin combat. You are engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack for 10 damage. You are engulfed by them again for 12 damage. It is slain. 6 XP to combat 32 general experience. As you land, the killing blow, a roaring fire rapidly consumes the body of your masked foe. In a matter of moments, only a small pile of ash and a smouldering iron mass remains to mark the goblin's passing. You spend several moments checking over your equipment and poking through a heap of ash before again setting off on your way. Okay, what's in the northwest alcove? The back of a wide alcove against the northern wall stands a small stone altar. Resting upon the altar is a faint, ghostly apparition of an item that you're currently carrying. You stare down in wonder at the glowing image of your bladed ebony staff. Something tells you you are meant to place the actual item on top of the altar. Go ahead with that one, I'm not even using it. You set forward and place your bladed ebony staff on the small bone stone altar. For several moments, nothing happens. Happens, and you're about to retrieve the item when it's suddenly consumed by a waging fire. Heat of the blade is so intense that you're forced to retreat to the edge of the alcove to avoid being singed. After several seconds, when the blade subsides, you are shocked and dismayed to discover no trace of your bladed ebony staff remains atop the altar. Okay, oh dear, well I want, I guess I want that back, but I definitely want Carter's wing back somehow. Alright, okay, I'm making my way to the southwest corner. Sudden appearance of a lone finger standing in the passage brings you to an abrupt halt, standing in the shadows just out. That's what, oh, you can the figure is a lone goblin clad. Yep, it's another iron masked goblin guardian. It fires a flame tornado at me. I use elementalism. Oh, I failed again and it hurts me. It really, really hurts me. It's an iron masked goblin. He boldly holds your ground and steals yourself for what will be a brutal fight to the finish. Strikes at me with flaming fists, but I strike back. 6 XP. Combat XP, 32 XP to general. As you land the killing blow, a roaring fire rapidly consumes the falling body of your masked foe. Within a matter of moments, only a small pile of ash and smold and smoldering iron mass remain to mark the goblin's passing. You spend several moments checking over your equipment and poking through the heap of ash before once again setting off on your way. Alright, what's this? Alright, and it's another Iron Mask Goblin. Elementalism. It worked that time. The, 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 you channel your power of elementalism and focus on the rapidly approaching whirlwind of fire. Beads of sweat break out your brows. You struggle to undo the elemental magic that's created the deadly tornado. To only a few moments, your effort pays off as the flaming whirlwind suddenly vanishes, leaving only a thin trail of smoke in its wake. The, your, the timely and successful use of your magical discipline has likely saved your life. Now more than determined than ever, prepare to face your masked foe.
It's the Iron Mask Goblin again. Well, not, it's not the same one, it's, it's a different one. The other ones are all, are all burned. 6 Combat XP, 32 XP to General. And it, it burns. Burns. They all burn here. It's been several moments checking your equipment, poking through the heap of ash before once again setting off on your way. Okay, now that, as, as you might remember, you can heal at the start. I'm going to do, do that. After making certain the passage is empty, you settle down against the wall and attempt to get some much needed rest. But I gotta pass a check. But a bo uh, bonus of 20 from luck. Gotta get 50 or more. Success! A bri your brief but revitalizing rest passes without interruption. It's taking a few moments to check out your equipment. You once again prepare to set off on your way. Yeah, and I. Yeah. And now I, I'm fully, I'm fully, fully healed to handle whatever lies at the bottom of this dungeon. Ooh, several broad speaks of blood have been smeared on the wall here, right at the eastern side of the lower circle. Alright, past the arm. Portion of the stone floor in the middle of this corridor appears to have been recently removed. You peer down into the wide opening and discover a steep set of spiralling steps descending into darkness. Descend the stairs. To my doom, perhaps? You descend the stairs, counting well over 50. You spiral slowly downwards into the darkness. The bottom of the steps, you arrive at a tall iron door. As you reach out to touch the door, searching for a latch of some kind. The weighty portal swings inwards, revealing a sizable torch chamber. The yellow flickering light of the torches spills out of the open doorway and washes your feet. A scattering of stones covers much of the floor, and your senses are harshly greeted by a nauseating sense of decay. They cautiously step into the room. In the centre of the room, perhaps 15 yards from the door, stands a large, ornate iron altar. Your eyes are immediately drawn to the top of the upper, which lies the motionless body of a diminutive figure in purple robes. Certainly you recall your counter with a rogue goblin with two cards upon entering the left. Certainly it is the same world goblin that now lies unmoving atop the altar. Torches that line the walls of the chamber flicker wildly as a lone goblin and hooded figure suddenly strides out. As a lone, robed and hooded figure suddenly strides into view out of the shadows to your right, the figure pays you no heed and instead proceeds up to the altar, for it bows and then kneels. Hooded being then lowers its head. A growing sense of dread gnaws at you as your eyes continue to take in the scene laid out before you. Then something stirs in the shadows behind the altar. You strain your eyes as you attempt to peer into the gloom that obscures the far side of the chamber. The heavy iron door closes behind you, but you hardly hear it. For at the precise moment, a large shape begins to emerge into the pool of light cast by the torches. You stare with disbelief at the fearsome and hideous figure emerging from the shadows behind the altar. A massive, seven-armed, winged goblin steps into view. The towering goblin sneers, exposing a line of long, deadly fangs as his solid black eyes descend to meet your gaze. In one of his seven hands, Winged Goblin clutches a glittering black gem. 
being essential in the presence of an ancient and powerful even. Evil, perhaps even some sort of minor deity. With that in mind, you quickly begin to contemplate your next course of action and your chances of ever leaving this chamber alive. The creature steps up to the edge of the altar and looks down at the world goblin lying motionless upon its iron surface. Your heart skips a beat when suddenly, without warning, the world goblin atop the goblin rises to a sitting position and levels both of his hands at the winged beast. Two broad arcs of lightning leap from the tip of the goblin mage's fingers. The massive, massive winged seven-armed goblin falls back as it bolts the lightning, striking him fairly and squarely in the chest. Immediately recovers from the attack, apparently having suffered no major damage, and swiftly returns to the side of the altar, where four of his seven arms take hold of the rogue goblin mage. The large winged goblin picks the rogue goblin off the altar's crowning pill and hurls the squeaking creature into the far wall. The goblin maze strikes the wall hard and slides down to the floor, where it remains in a motionless heap. The sinister goblin being, its seven arms now resting on the edge of the iron altar, leans forward and sneers, leers at you curiously. Yes, another who bears my marks, he snarls, unworthy at best as of the vast multitude of the seeking vermin that worm their way into my halls. Do you not know that you stand before Tekarok, Lord of Fire and Malice? Or perhaps you are too innocent even for the slightest concession of respect. He shall be granted death, or eternal madness, for such indiscretion. Suddenly Tekarok waves two of his arms above, his festering blade, and the ghostly images of the two items you previously sacrificed appear to hover just above your uh, above the altar. Your eyes become transfixed on the apparitions of the two lost items, the bladed ebony staff and killed with serpent wing. These are the chosen instruments of human who would seek to become my shadow upon this insignificant world. Yes, you have much to prove. Hey, that, that wing's really nice. The images of your eyes from slowly fade from view until they have completely vanished. Suddenly, the world figure, which was made kneeling before Tapric, rises to his feet and turns to face you. As it does, its robe slips to the fore, revealing a tattered, blood-stained red tunic. Bloodstained red tunic draped over hideous skeletal torso. Immediately recognise the flesh of some dead-to-be red coat. I recall with much disdain your previous encounters with the vile, vile necromancer. He, he came back again! <sighs> I tire of this worthless sack of bones, growls Tackerock, leering sideways at the red coat. Prove yourself to me, human, and assume his place. The undead necromancer motions rapidly with his hands and much shower several piles of bones in the middle of the chamber begin to stir. You assume a defensive stance as three goblin skeletons, heeding the summons of their master, rise up and begin stalking towards you. Telkowok grins wickedly, Waves his hand and waves his hand that clutches the black gem over the gruesome cheerful, setting them aflame. You steal yourself to face the burning goblin skeletons.
The first of the three flaming skeletal goblins lurches forward, hissing wildly, and swipes at you with its firing off clawed hands. Begin combat. I fight. The burning skeletal goblins squeak wildly as they strike out at you with their deadly claws. You're engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack for eight damage. Now keep fighting, keep fighting. And it is down. 6 XP, 6 combat XC, 64 XP to general. You stare down with revulsion at the twisted pile of smouldering bone at your feet as you struggle to catch your breath. Immediately fall back from the shattered remains of the burning goblin skeleton. Immediately draw yourself into a sensitive stance as yet another hissing death undead steps forward to attack. You prepare for a fight to the death against the second of the three flaming skeletal goblins. And it shrieks as it, as it claws, shrieks and claws, and I slash. You are engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack for seven damage. Keep fighting, keep fighting. Oh, and the flames again. You have slain your foe. Seven. Seven combat XP. 64 XP to general. You stare down with horror and fortune a twisted pile. Pile of smouldering bone at your feet as you struggle to catch your breath. Yes, and the next goblin comes forth. You steer yourself for yet another brutal contest as you square off against the third and last and strongest of the last remaining skeletal goblins. Begin combat. The burning skeletal goblin. So it's plus seven roll, so it can sometimes hit me. You're engulfed by the flames of your enemy's attack. Gotta keep fighting, keep fighting, keep 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 on, keep on. Right. Oh I just got into a battle wage. Nice. And it is slain. Got nine combat XP and sixty-four XP to general. Going to do a bit of healing now. That's done. You stare in horrible revulsion at the twisted pile of smouldering bone at your feet and struggle to catch your breath. You leap over the smashed remains of the burning goblin skeleton and assume a defensive stance as the undead necromancer, you've come to know as Wedcoat, takes several steps in your direction. Wedcoat stops as he draws to within five yards of you. Stretches wide his fleshless arms, Fizzy's preparing to unleash a dose of his vile magic. He never gets the chance. A start splitting of sound fills the chamber. Bigot stomps forward, using four of his large long arms to rapidly turn the undead mage into a pile of shattering bone. That creature is unworthy of our attention, snarls the winged, lessed goblin deity. You come here to prove yourself, the foot of my altar, in the sanctum, at the heart of my halls, and prove yourself, you must! The immortal goblin spreads his massive wings and shrieks as all seven of his lengthy arms burst into flame, with hat the hideous creature being swiftly moving forward towards you. Now I can use... Like there are quite a few options here. Shadow magic, destruction, telekinesis, elementalism, thievery, or necromancy at 60+. plus. I'm going to use telekinesis. 
68 speeds of telekinesis. You summon your power of telekinesis and project a formidable blast of kinetic energy at Tulkrum. The blast sends him toppling backwards and smashing into the iron altar. He swiftly regains his feet, appears shaken by the unexpected attack. Your massive commanders and of your telekinetic abilities severely wounded the fearsome Goblin Dyer team. Tagrock, the lesser Goblin Dyer, a master of the Iron Altar, gives him power over the souls of the wicked. Of his wicked but mortal brethren, grins as he moves swiftly towards you, his seven flaming arms wait fl- seven flame arms waning about wildly. And so you shall earn your final mark, he was. Oh dear. What, is, is this all a test? Oh my, it's Tekoak wounded. I fight him. Tuck swipes at you with his seven flaming arms. How do you even put, where do you even put seven flaming arms? I mean, if it's an even number, you just two arms below and two arms below that. But seven? Do, do you have one in the middle? Do you stick it out the top of the head? Do you have it on the back? Where do you put it? Where do you put the arms? Yeah. Oh, I've just entered into a battle wage. Where I keep rolling 20s and doing massive damage. Tuck snarls. He swipes you with seven flaming arms. I have slain this foe. Seven combat XP. And 128 experience to general. A near-shattering squeak echoes off the walls of the torpid chamber as the mighty Tekorok staggers backwards and collapses into a heap of bloody flesh and splintered, twisted bone before the altar. Before you can even catch your breath, a massive explosion tears through the chamber. A wall of flame slams into you, lifting you off your feet and sending you back into the far wall with an unimaginable force. Despite having the air driven violently from your lungs, you suffer no damage from a blow that could have easily killed you. Even the flames that washed over you and the fiery wind that hurled you into the wall have left no mark. As you slowly attempt to regain your feet in the wake of the devastating explosion, you are surprised to see the groaned goblin maid, who until this very moment you assumed was dead, moving up to you. Creature, its face seems to be twisted, to petrol sneer, nods at you, and with that small gesture, you're all but certain it was his magic that saved you from certain death. You stumble as you try to stand, and the goblin reaches down and offers you his clawed hand. You take hold of it, and he swiftly pulls you to your feet. Oh, wow. That's unexpected. Hurry! Hurry! growls the goblin mage, motioning with his long, twisted finger in the direction of the iron altar. We remain in danger here. Take this hand. Take the hand of Tekrok. You will need it yet. None of this is over. Instinctively, your eyes drop down and come to rest upon part of ash and bone in front of the other, taking out of the heap of Tekrok's remains is one of his hands, now stripped of its flesh by the fire that consumed the chamber. Still clutched in the in the bony, clawed finger is a large black gem. Wasting no time, you reach down and retrieve the clenched skeletal hand of the lesser goblin Darty. The hand of Tokorok. Right, this is either really. This is either the most. 
unholy or, or, or holy thing I've ever done. I'm not sure. This large charred bone hand was one of the seven that the malicious lesser goblin deity Tekawot possessed. Still clawed, still clutched in the long clawed fleshless fingers as a large glittering black gem. You have no desire to examine the altar, for you immediately sense a powerful awe of evil animates from it. However, as you're about to turn away, you catch sight of something lying on the broad iron slab that serves as its top. With your heart pounding, you step forward and gaze at the blood-stained plinth. Lying there, lying on the charred and blood-stained surface of the altar, the iron altar, are the two items you previously placed on the small altars. It appears to be un- the items appear to be unharmed, and you and you hurriedly retrieve them. What's this bladed ebony staff, as usual? But it's got a two bonus to melee rating. It's a pity it's on an item I'm not going to use, but there is something I can do to fix that. To put it on a sword I will use. And then, Cleldra's Serpent Wing. Yeah, that is that has become even more powerful. This weapon has been imbued with a special magical bonus, plus two stamina points. So I'm just going to equip that again right now. Yeah, and there we are. Yay! Got got my stats back. Despite the fact that the items do not appear suffered any. Challenge, you can't help but feel they are somehow changed. Relieved and thankful to have them back in your possession. You turn to find the, the world goblin on the altar and the items you have removed from its surface. The altar of malice, grumbles the goblin mage, leering with obvious disdain at the iron altar. It is long known in goblin lore. There are four great altars, each an earthly prize bestowed upon the lesser of the dark gods. My kin, this is by far the worst of them. Take care of those items you retrieve with, for they have likely. Take care of those items you retrieve with, for they have likely already served their purpose. I hope you will find them as they were, and only as they were. You ask the goblin who he is. Why it is that he came here seeking to do battle with Toak and his minions? Response: He rolls his white arm and turns his wrist towards you. There. Emblazoned on the thick grey skin are seven bold tattoos, each in the likeness of an arc of lightning. Wait, wait, did, is, is he been... Ooh, an arc of lightning. Is there, is there another? Is he... I'm thinking... I'm thinking he's... I'm thinking he's serving another... Another goblin deity... Has met, has met, has has somehow bestowed his blessings upon him. Yes, what one which gives you lightning tattoos? Yes, yes. After all, another goblin deity. We know there's at least three others because because there are. At least three other goblin gods. I wonder what. We'd like to meet them at some point. 
If they're evil, say them. If they're neutral, just have a chat. And if they're, if they're good-ish, or at least, you know, not actively planning planning harm against humanity, I might even do a few quests for them. Wouldn't that be nice? Doing quests for goblin gods. We are not all creatures of shadow, he says flatly. Do not all, all worship blood, fire and death. I only say, thank you, human. You thank the goblin for his help in the battle against the wizened goblin deity. But he waves his hands and again streaks, abruptly cutting you off mid-sentence. We have precious little time. We must get out of here while we're able. Talkawak is not forever gone. These are his halls, and this is his realm, and to them he shall return. Who does not be here when he does? Take the hand and its gem to the pillow in the woods. You you no doubt wear it well. Tegrot's avatar haunts that place. Tegrot will want the gem. Want the hand and the gem returned. And he can recall and he will recall his avatar to bear it to him. Once gone, his avatar could not easily return. It will at least be something of a victory. The world Robin looks up at you and nods at you. nods and you promptly return the unspoken gesture. No sooner have you performed the gesture, your unexpected ally raises his left hand and a thick black smoke begins to fill the chamber. You immediately close your eyes and cup your hands over your mouth and nose. Smoke envelops you, your head begins to dim, swim until at last it's filled only with an undecipherable dim. Everything goes black. Only a moment later, you eyes spring open, find yourself stare, lying on the back at, on your back at the edge of a dark wood, staring up at the star-filled sky. A broad field stretches out before you, and just as, and just at the edge of your sight, stabbing through the worst evening's gloom, a series of small, flickering lights. You sit up and then slowly and somewhat painfully gain your feet before suddenly realizing. Distant lights are pouring out of the windows of a place you know well. The Goblin Claw Inn. Your thoughts suddenly turn to the Goblin Maze as magic has obviously transported you here. After the deadly dare, lair of the wizened lesser goblin deity, there is, however, no sign of the Goblin Caster to be found. In the cross the field, all beneath the shadowy trees, as you slowly make your way towards the distant and welcoming lights of the toy as in, you recognise, with no small degree of wariness, that you must now must now make what you hope will be one final trek to the stone idol in the old north wood, and bring an end and hopefully bring an end to this long perilous business which began with what, seemed, what seems like an eternity ago on the shores of Lake Hawaiian. And it's at that precise moment your eyes are drawn to your light wrist. There, frequently emblazed upon your skin, is a seventh tattoo in the likeness of a tall, thin flame. At the end of a short, steeply pitched path just off the main road that runs through South Trogen, stands a notorious... Oh, 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 I'm back at the... Back at the Goblin Claw Inn. Time to west. Time to save. Now I'm going to pause for a bit while I get that bonus transfer. 
Right, I'm going to have to do another quest first to be able to do that. So I'll do that in another episode. So we're finished for now. Goodbye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.